once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. One, two, and three. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the C-Squared podcast with Corey and Curtis. We are here with Robert Sislo of Sislo Ventures today, and he's here to talk to us about all sorts of fun stuff. How are you doing today, Robert? I'm doing awesome. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for joining us. So for people who may not know who you are and for new listeners to this podcast, do you want to just kind of give us a brief intro of who you are, what you do? all that fun stuff in a nutshell. I know it's probably going to be a big list, but like the mini version. <laughs> well, the mini version is we, I do, I run an advertising and actually I run a creative agency, but we do advertising, marketing, web design, graphic design, video production, branding, consulting, enterprise branding. We do it all. So, but I've been doing that for the last 17 years, 18, 18 years now. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is our second full year in business. We're, uh, you know, we're a million dollar company. So we're, we're killing it. We're doing what we got to do there. Um, we got a team of about five people and we service pretty much every industry, you know, and, and that's, that's our, uh, that's the game that we're playing. Yeah. Well, it, it's definitely a, a fun, but demanding game. I work in marketing too, and it's, it's definitely, it can be demanding, but it's also really, really fulfilling. So yeah. Um, yeah. And I know that there's a lot of misconceptions surrounding like promotion and marketing, especially from people who are, are new to the game or just learning. So mm -hmm. from your perspective, what is the biggest differences between promotion and marketing? Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, so when we started the company, I was really interested in promotion because that's actually what it is. Um, promotion to me is the action of really communicating and creating the information that would be attributed to your brand, you know, attributed to your offering. That's really what promotion is. It's the activity of making something known in the marketplace. Uh, so it's, it's, it can be done anyway. You got your videos, you got your graphics, you got your sites, you have your podcasts. I mean, it's promotion. Phone calls are promotion. Uh, marketing, which I, you know, you can interchange that with advertising if you really wanted to. But to me, that's really the monetary delivery of the stuff you created for promotion. So that's where you get really technical. That's where it becomes, you know, interesting. That's where, you know, you get crazy on your CPAs and your CPCs and your blah, blahs and blah, blah, blah. So that and what we're looking for conversion. So that's how I do it. But none of that works without promotion. So you have to start there first. Definitely. So as a follow-up to that so why would someone want to be focused on promotion as the very first thing then because you said there's not necessarily a monetary gain to it so can you kind of go over that a little bit Robert well there is a monetary gain it's um it, it does happen um but really what most people do is they'll get sold a program or they'll jump a gradient and go right to selling a product, right to lead generation, you know, and right to just give me the money today. Yep. And, you know, they, they throw all this money at it and they turn around and they're just like, well, that didn't work. And I'm spending all this money. Ergo, advertising is a POS and I don't want to do this anymore. And every advertiser on the planet is a, you know, scum of the earth. But realistically, it's just a, um, it's, it's, it's an outgradient situation where 
you know, every client we've worked with has told us that pretty much the same story, how they tried it and it didn't work and, da, 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 and they went to this and they went to that. And, you know, the first thing that we always ask them is, is really, what are you, what are you saying and how are you saying it? And mm -hmm. right in there is where we find the issue. It's always right. It's always in there. It's never really in the mechanical delivery of it because the mechanical delivery is the mechanical delivery. But yep. where we find the issue is that most people don't really know who they are. Most people don't understand all their products. Most people don't understand all of the, you know, problems and emotions and viewpoints that exist within a specific industry. And they're just kind of shotgunning it. That's where that term comes from, where they just fire it off. And so what we're interested in doing is working on that promotion side before we jump to advertising, where we really help somebody identify those traits, the qualities that make them, that make them the reason why somebody wants to buy from them. Because what I see is most people see someone, you know, like a big name guy and they're like, well, I'm just going to duplicate what that guy's doing because it's working and it doesn't work. And then they get frustrated and then they're mad and then they start getting experimental. So now we have situations where they start grasping for different types of marketing, you know, all this, all that. And they don't have anything to even launch from. So it can get a little hairy in there, but that's why that first step is so critical because nothing works without it. Your email campaigns, your funnels, your ads, your all of that just doesn't work. I mean, it can and it sometimes does. I'm not saying it doesn't work, but it it makes it a lot harder. Yeah, definitely. And do you think it's also important for people to understand not just who they are, but who their prospective audience is, at least a general idea of, of who they're trying to reach prior to any, any kind of advertising? Or should that be left to the, the professionals to whittle that down? Well, I mean, they need to be, they need to be involved in that because it's, it's who you're talking to every day, right? Mm -hmm. So there's different situations that happen. I don't know why, but people, when it translates from sales to marketing, people get a little funny and they just forego all the style of sales. And they're like, it has to be the secret bullet, this offer, this, this, and I've never seen that happen. Actually, I've never seen that. So um, what, what the answer to your question is they have to know uh, because yes. you're selling to people every day and you're talking to people every day. They're the ones that are giving you all the information, right? Just ask anyone and just say, hey, you know, who did you talk to today? Well, we talked to Betty Sue from Miami and she had this problem and that. And I'm like, great. How many other people do you think have that same problem? Right. So the prospects that you're talking to are really your feeders for your marketing. Your objections are your feeders for your marketing. The outpoints and competitors are the feeders for the marketing. We're, we're actually even on the promotion front. We we you know, you'll hear it's about the customer. And this is, this is a little, this is what we've started to do lately. It's about the customer. It's about the customer. It's about the customer. It's really not about the customer. And some people might hate me for saying that. What it really is about. Well, anybody working in customer service will love you for saying that. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's what it is. But from a marketing standpoint, it's more about what does the customer deem uh, as the best solution mm -hmm. for them? And so an example of that would be, I, I use this example a lot because it's just really relatable is you get a company like Colgate or you get a company like Crest, huge toothpaste companies, like they just own it, right? And if you were to ask someone, hey, who's the most known toothpaste brand? And they'll be like, oh, Colgate, Crest, whatever, one of those two. And then so you go, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Tom's, but Tom's is an organic tooth, toothpaste, which I use. And, and you say, all right, well, Tom's doesn't have the infrastructure, it does not have the marketing budget, it does not have the reach, it does not have the manufacturing to claim all the market share away from Crest 
So what does Tom's have to do? Well, Tom's has to get really honest and look at what those companies do well and really say to themselves, what is it they do well? And be honest about that. Well, they're good at this, 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 this. Okay, good. Now, looking at what they're good at, there's got to be a point in there that's not so strong, even though it's strong for them. And that's where you move in and you start to attack with your promotion. So, so you have a lot of different strategies. But anyway, so if you go down to it, you know, I don't, Tom's doesn't, Tom's is an organic toothpaste. They don't have fluoride in it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so Colgate uses fluoride, Crest uses fluoride. So <laughs> while they may be the best brand, you're going to be going to the dentist more often because that particular chemical does damage to your teeth over time, right? So all Tom's has to do is just start promoting that piece and they can literally, they can literally start to take the market share away. So that's what we do. We're, we analyze where people sit and what people think and how can we improve another solution that's better. So that's where it's like, yeah, well, we want to talk to the customers and all that stuff is absolutely important. But what we're really interested in is what is the competition doing and how can we take the market share away from them? Mm -hmm. So just as a follow-up kind of, so one thing I'm really kind of noticing though, is that unlike a lot of other marketers or advertisers or promoters, you're kind of looking at what's best for the client that you're working with versus your company. So can you kind of, well, I mean, you got to look out for the company as well, your own company, obviously, but you're also looking out for your, your client. Right. So how do you kind of, how do you kind of get the care for the client while still getting the sales up? and getting, you know, get, having your own company profitable and all the rest of it. My own company profitable? Yeah, like for a marketer, like so, so, so like oh. you want to put on the customer while still making sure you're profitable and not getting like, you know, money, money, money type thing, but still servicing clients, I mean. Yeah, well, once we breached over that million point, things started to change. And we were talking earlier, like, you know, we, we're, we're already double over last year. So um, what, what I, one of the things that I saw immediately was we had to have our, first of all, the team had to be really had it on their position without me having to get involved all the time for little things. So it was enforcing the fact that you're empowered to do your job. If there's a problem, you solve it. If you see something we missed, you have to solve it. Because that's how I was trained, right? I mean, where I worked before, I was just on the go like that. And yep. so the first thing was really just getting a system, a standard operating procedure and an infrastructure in place that is fast, it's duplicatable. Somebody comes on, they go through this process and then it's done. And then we just repeat the process over and over again every month. So that was really the, the challenging part, transitioning from this kind of single person to someone that was with a team and increasing their client base quite dramatically. And it's not like we're, you know, we have low entry, we have entry level products where people can just train themselves, but we service and crank probably 80 to 150 advertisements out a week. You know, we're, we're managing multiple clients ad accounts with multiple ads, sometimes 10, 20, 30 ads per account. We're managing advertising budgets that are all over the place. So there's a lot of tracking and a lot of attention that has to be placed. And if the yep. process... If the process isn't there, it just doesn't work. So it's a very diligent thing. Like I really don't have time to do a lot of different things. Like people are like, hey dude, go on, um, what is that? Go on Clubhouse. And I sit there and I'm like, I really just don't have the time to do that yep. because I'm more focused on my clients. And I could sit here and I could talk for an hour or two or I could go make 20 grand. 
I'm going to go make 20 grand. Right. Yeah. So that's just, I think it's a great platform. I like that there's a community there, but as a business owner, who's in the trenches every day, who's focused on income and expansion and hiring and servicing, that's priority one for me. Right. So it, it really comes down to that point of client comes on, we have the process, that process is strictly followed. If it's deviated, there's discipline for that. And then we have to really make sure that there is, there's, there's, there's a standard standard mm -hmm. way that things are done and, and honestly it works really well i mean it's once we got that in place it's just been really easy to continue expansion because now i don't you're not worried about oh sell 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 crap we have to deliver all this yeah or, oh my god we're so overwhelmed in black we don't really have that issue like like we, we get everybody pretty much up and running within seven to ten days in some cases it may take a little longer because we're waiting for content to come uh, but that's usually the time frame and target that we have. So it's a work ethic that has to happen. Fair enough. Um, now that was actually the next question we had about was about work ethic. So can you kind of go over um, what kind of work ethic is kind of, is needed to be in the promotion marketing business areas? Well, I think you just have to, you know, we were talking about that with Corey a little bit before it's a really rewarding space. Uh, because you get to be creative, you know, I mean, I had a client message me, he's in real estate and he does investing and he's like, dude, we got 20 leads in the last eight hours. So he's, he's been averaging about 24 to 30 leads every day wow. for the last two weeks. And so, I mean, when you do the math on that, that's quite incredible, but, but that kind of experience is awesome. So but what kind of work ethic is needed? I mean, it's just literally sit down and just get it done. Like there's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of things you can do. I mean, I have a really funny thing where I'll like really, really hustle hard and then I'll completely withdraw. Like I'll go surf for an hour and then I'll come back and then I'll grind again. And I'm much more productive, yep. than that, but everything has to get done. You know, yep. and, it, and I have this weird thing where I have like 70,000 windows open in my head and I'm like, is this done? Is this done? Is this done? Is this done? You know, daily check-ins, daily reports. Where are we at? Is this finished? What do you need? I'll step in. Let me build something like, so there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of just getting in there and doing what has to be done. And, you know, people are like, yeah, I'll own my own business and I can travel and I can do this. And I see those people and I'm like, I, I just don't see that. I, I think about what I do every day and I'm just, all right, I don't know what you're making every month, but I know to run a, over a million dollar company a year, like it takes a lot. And if I want to go to 5 million, it's going to be even more. If I want to yeah. go to a million, it's going to be, you know, what's going to happen there. So that work ethic is strict. Mm -hmm. You have to enforce it on yourself. Some days you just don't get to do anything other than just really produce. Yeah. And that's just part of the game. That's what you signed up for. So, yeah, like you, you don't take a lot of time off. I don't believe right like I you said taken a vacation in probably four years yeah I vacation my vacation is like this morning i went to the beach for three hours and now i'm back like that was that's yeah. why i live where i live because i'm like yeah. okay i have my vacation every day somebody's yeah. like hey let's go to let's go to mexico i'm like what to go sit on the beach that i already have like well, I don't, what is what i need to do like i don't understand so it's, <laughs> it's for me it's more like let's just you know i'll, I'll withdraw for a minute and yeah. i don't get really rigid the other thing is is i don't get really like I have to do yeah. it. I don't, I don't do that. I'm very kind of flowy on the process and the business because it has to stay fun. Otherwise I'm not going to be wanting to produce and work harder. You know, you'll so. hit the burnout wall. Well, it's not even the burnout wall. It's just, you start having losses on it. Cause you're like, why am I doing this? You yeah. know, and that's where that burnout thing comes from. You just kind of got off your purpose a little bit and you're, you're, mm -hmm. you're, you're too much in it. 
and not above it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, whenever you get the purpose back, that's when when things start to get fun again. When you start to lose and you get like too many losses and things are piling up, like you said, and you're like, Ugh. but if you can kind of get the purpose going, it, it always seems to turn around. Um, I was going to have Corey ask the next question, but a really quick follow-up. How would you kind of get that purpose rehabilitated in someone when they get do get stuck in too much work and they do feel like they're getting burned out? Well, I mean, I just, we, we have to find where the, where that kind of happened. Like, where did, where were you like going full steam and where did it stop for you? What yeah. took place? Did someone say something to you? Did you mess up? Like, what was it? Yeah. So we just go back to that point, we figure it out and then we just get them back on track and just say, look, like, look at the big game that we're doing right now. You know, like the last couple of weeks have been very grindy for me and my company and that's fine. But, you know, yesterday it's like, dude, we just did our highest month ever for the history that's of the awesome. company. And it's, we still have, what, we have four more days left. So no what, what can we do in four days? And that's where it gets, so that's the purpose. You just get everybody back on and that's that. And we donate, like we help a lot of, you know, I do a lot with humanitarians. Like last year, I donated over $350,000 to my church and humanitarian campaigns. I mean, that's 30% of my profit right there. Yeah. So that's awesome. Also, there's also that big purpose as well, where it's just, I can, I can donate and help people the way that I want to, because that's important to me. You know, I could go and I can, you know, I mean, I did buy a cool sports car, but I mean, I'm not worried about that. But the thing yep. is, is like I could go and, and travel and do all this or I could put myself in a position where I actually take responsibility for society right now. And that's more important to me, you know, so. Cool. And I, I think that it also like it increases your happiness because having all of this money like and just using it for yourself, I've noticed that there's there's a certain level of just like there's not even a word for it. It's just like uh, in like your, your personality when you're not doing something that has a purpose with your money. So, I mean, yeah, I'll tell you a cool story about that. I was, <laughs> I wanted to buy these pair of Louis Vuitton sneakers. Okay. Mm-hmm. They were so cool. They were two grand. I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. So cool. I could totally- That's more than my first car. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God, I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. And then I didn't do it. I ended up giving it to my church. I was just like, I'm gonna, let's go over there because yeah. it's, because it's too, um, it's too selfish on that front. So, so that, that happens to me a lot. Like same thing with a watch. Like I could totally go buy a Hublot right now. And I'm just like, well, I'll go give 20 grand to my church. It's better, you know, and I'm not really a watch guy anyway. So it's just where your priorities are, you know, what are you really doing? Yeah, well, you're generating income for a higher purpose is, is basically what you're saying is what I'm getting out of what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I don't sit here and just say, oh, hustle, grind, money, 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 money. I don't yeah. even really think about that that much. I think what I really think about is, you know, how do I, the questions I ask are, okay, like I was on an event once and this, the first donation at the event was $3 million. And I was like, okay, I'll give my 10, fine, my 10 grand. You guys could do your three. That's great. But then I sit there and I say, how the hell do I get to, what, what do I have to do to be like, man, let me just give 3 million, you know, where it just doesn't bother me. So that, that kind of level of inspiration is where I'm playing at. Because if I can donate 3 million, then all the other stuff comes with it, right? You can have yep. all stuff. So anyway. Yep. I love yeah, it. Definitely. Um, and I guess switching gears a little bit, um, we'll probably switch back to this topic again. Um, but so you work in advertising and you work in promotion and there's a fine line between promotion and annoying 
Um, and there, I mean, I've seen it where I get ads that it's the same ad over and over and over and over again. And I eventually just block that company from everywhere that I see them because I can't, I, I'm so burned out on seeing their ads. How do you tread that line between promoting and driving people insane? <laughs> well, I mean, the, I mean, first of all, it's your responsibility as a business and the person doing the advertising to really look look at it from the viewpoint of, is this going to be annoying? Like, what am I really doing here with this? And um, so that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a fine line because repetitive can get annoying. However, if it's repetitive with the intention of really solving for someone, I think that's positive. Um, but I've seen ads where, I mean, I think I've seen ads where people picked on me a little bit and I was like, are we really doing this right now? Like, you don't know anything about me and you're doing this like, okay. See, when I see something like that, I already know that company's struggling for business. Mm -hmm. right? I already know that company is insecure. I already know that company is not an ethical company. And that's not like, if that's how customers have to be acquired through that kind of invalidation and that kind of, you know, I would say outright overt attack. I know that that's just not someone that, you know, someone should be doing business with, right? Because it's a different flow than what um, somebody else is going to be doing. So where is that annoying line? Well, I mean, it just really comes down to, you know, are you doing it to really create antagonism for someone? Are you doing it to genuinely help someone? Are you doing it because you're new and you're just trying to get your awareness out? And people can pick up on that vibe like they know. Right. That, you, know, you know what that is. So so what's that fine line? It's just you have to do a quick inventory before those ads are launched and really say, what is it that's actually good? What am I trying to do here? You know, so I mean, I was really aggressive. I mean, we're very aggressive on, a, on going after the competition, but we're not degrading the competition. What we're really looking for is what is the out point or the thing that doesn't quite make sense in the competition that we can kind of like it's still they're still going to make money, but we're going to we're going to kind of walk in and take some market share away. Mm -hmm. I get Definitely. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, Curtis, you, you, your next question. I was going to ask if you wanted me to ask or not, but okay. So I want to follow up on this, which is kind of like, okay, so you kind of briefly went over how to not being annoying, be annoying, but like, is there like one, one, one thing, I think I spoke to you about this one time, but you know, there are also people that just will always complain about ads. They'll complain about promotion. They'll complain about anything you do, no matter what. How do you kind of tell who is actually like just one of those people's trying to stop promotion versus people that, you know, are just a little bit annoyed? Like, how would you kind of tell the difference between the two if you get my drift? So I'm not quite sure what you're asking. Are you asking how do you deal with somebody that's kind of complaining about what you're doing? Well, yeah, because some people, they'll get a complaint about an ad and then they'll stop everything, right? But it's like the one, like, how do you tell, like, if it's just one person criticizing or if it's like a broad complaint, I guess. that you I mean, I'll give you an example of how sure. I handled that. I did a, uh, back in, no, what was it, December, January, I did a advertisement and it was called fact-checking in social media. Now... Oh. I wasn't talking about fact checking in relation to politics. I was oh. talking about how to fact check in relation to information that's presented just generally on social media. And yeah. first of all, that ad went viral, which was awesome. Second of all, it also attracted a lot of hate. Mm -hmm. And I literally just sat and I looked at what was said on the ad itself. And it was all about how I was using Donald Trump to forward my 
agenda as a business or how I didn't like the, I was anti-political or that I was an asshole or that I was this. And I just, I literally looked at this. I didn't even get upset about it. I just said, all right, these are individuals that have literally not listened to what I said and yeah. they didn't hear it because if you listen to it, it none of that's even in there. Right. Mm -hmm. so, so there's a level of reactivity that exists with people that you have no control over. And your objective is to just say, that's just dumb. And that's it. like, there's no, there's no need to go any further than that. You know, like there's, I've got, I, you know, we get every so often we get like a hater comment where they attack me, they attack my church. And I'm just like, all that says to me is that this person has done something to me that I'm not aware of, or they don't like me, or they're doing something to other people that nobody knows about. And so I just sit there and I say, dude, like for you to be that upset, I mean, I got a really funny one for you. I, I ran an ad one time and this guy went, he, he put a meme on it and it was like a dog taking a crap on the front lawn. And it said, um, it said, uh, I'm just going to leave this here since you bought space on my timeline. And I was like, you obviously don't know how Facebook works because I'm not like selecting you as an individual to market on your timeline. And then number two, I was like, so let me get this straight. And I timed it. I said, so in order for me to stop what I was doing, get frustrated, that took about 45 seconds. Then I went to Google and I typed in dog shiitake memes on front yard. And I sat and I scrolled. That was another two minutes to find the meme that looked good. Then I said, I hate this guy so much that I'm going to go back now and I'm going to post this. I got to go find this ad again. And I'm going to post this on this ad and I'm going to really let him know how horrible of a person he is because he bought space in my timeline. Mm -hmm. And I was, and, and when you look at it from that perspective, you see how just irrational it is. So 90% of the time, unless you're actually being a douche, mm -hmm. there's no reason to go beyond other than this person is just having a bad day. So mm -hmm. I don't really, I don't really drop into anything else other than that. There's really no need to, there's no need to do anything and it, it's going to happen. Okay. Yep. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes it's legitimate. Like we had a, we had a, we ran an ad one time and the link on the page that we were sending them to was taking them somewhere else. And they were like, you guys can't even run ads. This link is broken. And I was like, oh yeah, it's legit. Our, our link was broken. So we fixed it. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Did you have to be that aggressive? Not really, but Hey, whatever it is, what it is. Yeah. So I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't get bogged down with someone who's taking time out of their day to just whatever you know, throw down on you or get mad at you. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's, it's like that saying, when you let that kind of stuff get to you, you're letting them live rent-free in your mind. <laughs> well, it's not even that you're letting them live rent-free. You're actually participating in it. Yeah. Like true. want you to participate, whether you actually do it or not, you're participating. Mm -hmm. So you're responsible for that. You're actually saying, I'm literally going to get involved in this right now. Mm-hmm. And it's just never worth it. <laughs> no, it's not. Just go go make a phone call or something or make a video. <laughs> Promote. Mm -hmm. Do something exactly. productive. Yeah. So, Robert, so the, uh, we're, we're down to our last couple of questions. So first thing I want to ask is about, talk about running a business ethically and how you choose, like, what customers to take. Because I assume you have an approval pro process for customers. There's probably certain types of things you won't do. How do you kind of, like, maintain your own integrity? Like, let's say someone was trying to buy services with you but they ended up being like i don't know some sort of weird drug 
company or something like that you don't want to promote like how do you handle this type of stuff well i mean we we ask we before that even happens we get a lot of you know we pull all the information on what the product is and you know the markets we don't touch i mean it's just we don't touch anything with cbd we don't touch anything with psychology we don't touch anything with pharmaceuticals so we're very aware of what somebody's doing we also don't do business with people that are quite angry at competitors yeah. Uh, we don't we don't take them on like it's like thank you very much you have a great day here's some data and then we move on um yeah. but we do have a screening process i'm very you know you kind of can tell you're aware and we're we, we definitely select people that we think are going to be you know that are going to be good clients because we're going to be good with them and so you want good clients now do problems happen of course i mean nothing is perfect does something go wrong yeah it happens but you know, fixing it, being willing to confront it, handling it, making up for the damage. That's what we do. So we we're very strict on who we allow to work with us. Um, we are focused on clients that are actually going to participate, that are willing to be, you know, coached and want to learn and not have this I know everything attitude, you know more than yep. we know more than you. It's just not gonna work. So we do take the time to 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 to, to really make sure that that's in place for sure. Now, just as a question, so let's say you do have the screening process in place. Let's say it's like a big company and, you know, uh, you gave CBD as an example. So I'll give that as an example. You, they say they don't do CBD or anything like that, but then they come on as a customer, but then something slips through. Like, how do you, like, I'm sure you've probably had that happen. How do you kind of handle at that point? After well, we just tell them blatantly. It's like, why don't you tell us about this? This is something we can't, we can't align with anymore. And we just fair. end the relationship. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. We just fair. end it. Fair. That, that, mm -hmm. That's an easy, easy um, answer. Nice and straightforward. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like it. Do you it. want to follow up, Because I got a couple more. If, if oh, no. Keep going. I, this is all uh, very interesting. I'm, I'm enjoying listening. So keep going. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. So um, just a couple more questions, Robert, and then we're going to wrap up. But uh, yeah. first of all, like, so you promote yourself personally a lot. I mean, Cislo Ventures is your company, obviously. So, but how do you kind of, kind of, differentiate between promoting Robert the individual versus Cislo Ventures the company or is it all the same to you well I look at it and, and this is interesting because we actually took our product we took our whole website and you know we sent it to some fortune 5,000 executives at Bank of America and Chase yeah. and even some international companies in Europe and I just said just tell me what you think that's all I wanted to know I just wanted to know what they perceived and the thing that they said was, is it's way too much about you. And I don't think that you could service a fortune 5,000 company. So I said, wow. Okay. And I wasn't trying to be vain like that because I'm very much against that. So I was like, okay. So, so I went back to the drawing board and I redid everything and really put it in the position where, how do I get the mom and pop and how do I get a bank of America or an Aston Martin or how do I get, how do I hit both of those, those levels? So the promotion of me is just more about my viewpoints, my life, and it's just a driver to the company, right? There's other people that promote, like my guy Damon promotes and he pulls in business. You know, everybody's encouraged to market. So Cislo Ventures became more of a company where it's a company and we market the ideologies of that company. And then there's me where I just market me and people just start talking to me and then I go into sales mode and then I bring them to the company, right? Perfect. So. So there is a little bit of a distinction between that uh, now, I would say more so than anything else, but it's still, you know, like I kind of dialed back on the talk of what promotion is and all of that, because 
Uh, number one, I don't want to be another guru. I don't want to be, another, I'm not trying to be a Ty Lopez or a Gary. I don't, I'm not trying to be that. Mm -hmm. uh, I can share my viewpoints and if it happens, cool, but I'm trying to exist way outside of this, per, this ecosystem that is there right now where everybody's vying for position and doing all these things. And I'm just like, you all can play in that sandbox. I'm going to go build my own, which is what I'm doing. And it's working very well um, with how we're attracting clients and how we're doing things. So there is a little bit of a separation there. Um, mm -hmm. Because when I market for Cislo Ventures and I'm on screen talking about it, I'm talking about the ideologies of Cislo Ventures. Yeah. My brand just happens to help accelerate business because I've been building it for the last six years um, to that company. But it's also in a position where it's self-sustaining, where it can run without me having to promote on it, which, which, which is interesting. It's an interesting viewpoint. But the individual, I, I still believe that an individual responds better uh, from a marketing standpoint, when you're coming down to a company, right? Yeah. So, and the other side of that coin is, is that we're expanding our business now into more enterprise-based corporate clients um, that are very large. And that's a whole different ecosystem than this kind of entrepreneur, small business, medium business, large business, social media play. We're playing with, you know, your Bank of America's, your Chase's, that that's where we're going right now. And that's a whole other world. And yeah. so that's a corporatized enterprise-based marketing system that it doesn't matter who I am. What yeah. matters is what are you, what are the results and where are we going to go with this? So it's just, we, we, we have different vertical, well, the word vertical is not correct. We have different um, approaches that yeah. we use with where we're going. Right. But yeah. again, you know, the person that's in charge of running the enterprise division. I mean, she is, she has her own brand and she does her own thing. And that's where we're going with that. I step in because it's my ideology that's helping these companies, but it's just a different ecosystem. Yeah, no, that's interesting when you bring it up because when, because like the people like you said, like Ty Lopez, for example, marketing himself as the guru versus the company, because I know now he's trying to now go into business ventures. And I think he's having a bit of a tough time marketing him as a, company versus person yeah. right? because yeah. he did the wrong thing he marketed yeah. himself as a lamborghini chicks yeah. car bikini guy like that yeah. was his that's all i know him for and i will forever know him as that yeah so now all of a sudden he's going to be like why well, do business ventures now and it's like who are you yeah people are going like what ty lopez the radio what? shack what? good for you man like awesome that's awesome that you're doing that for me yeah. as a prospective marketer now look the guy's got way more money than i do got a yeah. lot more influence than I do. It's yeah. obviously working for him. It's just not how I would do things, right? Yeah. That's the other thing. People, I think, back off a little bit on doing things the way that they want to do them. Because the way that we're doing things is not so, it's very, it's just not what people would agree with in some situations or circles. So, and I'm, I'm fine with that. People can say whatever they want. It's working for me. The business is in a steep affluence for the last 90, 96, six months. Like I can't even, I can't complain about that. So yeah. I, I know what, what's working and I'm doubling down on that. And Ty Lopez knows what's working and he's doubling down on that. But that's the cool thing about business ownership is that you can do that. Yeah. But where it gets messy is where you would be like, well, I'm going to do a Ty Lopez or I'm going to do a Cardone yeah. or I'm going to do yeah. a my lead or whoever so yeah. there's that little ecosystem that i'm just like i don't need to be in there and the other side of it is, is if i get the fame great if i don't get the fame i don't care like i don't have anything on needing to be that 
Does that yeah. make sense? Like I don't have anything on that. And yeah. um, that's also very liberating because then I don't get discouraged about marketing, but you know, that's a really good attitude to kind of have. I agree. And I also like how you weren't knocking the competition in any way, shape or form as you said that too. That was, that was, that was very well said. Um, oh, because they're winning like and, and yeah. great for them they're winning and, and they're doing yeah. something correct it's just i do it a different way they do yeah. it a different way. there you go yeah. and that's the thing, like i noticed i was just like wow all these guys just do it their own way and yeah. that's that i respect and that's why i started my company because i wanted to do it my own way and that's it yeah yeah that's awesome corinne do you have any final questions for mr sissel oh no i think we've given people a lot to digest and uh, a lot of a lot of good solid information um no, and I, I just want to thank you again for being on the on the podcast. It's it's definitely really helpful for people. Oh, you're most welcome, and it's my pleasure to do so. <laughs> so, Robert, you want you want people to follow you on Instagram, right? What's your handle? It's at Robert Cislo Jr. Any okay. social platform, really, and then you can just check out my site, CisloVentures.com, and check all that out we got there. And yeah, whatever. If you need something, just ask. You know, I respond. I talk. It's great. And Robert's also got a, uh, a lot of good videos on his YouTube channel. If you, if you ever want to check out any advice on marketing and promotion, go check them out. They're amazing. Thank you, man. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. So that's all we got. So party on, Corey. Party, party on, Curtis. <laughs> if you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C-Squared.